freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 256 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is Virtual Second Amendment DC Rally, and our guest is Rhonda Mary. She is a YouTube content creator who talks about both social and political topics. A Mississippi native, she recently became a Second Amendment advocate, spreading the message about the importance of the Second Amendment, particularly for black women who are underrepresented in terms of gun ownership. Rhonda has been asked to speak at the virtual 2022A DC rally on Saturday, October 24th, to share her unique perspective on the importance of individuals protecting our Second Amendment rights. Welcome to the show, Rhonda Mary. Thank you. Hey, y'all. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. That was a beautiful introduction, making me want to put on my radio voice now. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Well, thank you for that. Um, So talk to us about the 2A rally. This is the second annual version of this particular rally. We have gone virtual. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you intend to, to share Uh, as your portion of the rally? So I am definitely looking forward to the 2A virtual rally. I was super excited um, to even be invited. And so, you know, something um, that's been really important to me is showing um, the fact and inspiring people that the Second Amendment is important for everybody. Everybody. It is inclusive. Um, we're not going to allow people to gatekeep the Second Amendment. It doesn't belong um, to either party or either gender or only one race or, you know, anything else like that. And so I feel like my job is to inspire people because honestly, at the end of the day, that will be beneficial to all of us, the more people that understand the importance of this right. Man, I couldn't have said that better. And I love that phrase that you used. We are not going to allow people to gatekeep our constitutional rights. Right. Holy Absolutely. cow. You know what's cool about that? Hmm. If it doesn't belong to any particular group, it belongs to everybody, mm-hmm. then that means that nobody can take it away from us either. <laughs> Absolutely. It's not theirs to take away. Absolutely. And that's why we have to expand the conversation about it. And that's why we have to expand people's knowledge about why it's so important. So you can understand it's it's no reason why people should even think Mm -hmm. even, you know, 
desire to take this right away because it's a natural god-given right to be able to protect and defend yourself right and if you know every it, numbers are important yes. more people so if everybody would just let every you know just not interfere with the rights to own guns no matter who or what you are then how much more powerful we become mm -hmm. on the issues of the second amendment or all the Absolutely. 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 And that's where people like me come in with such a direct um, relation to the community and just, you know, I, I come to fight some of the talking points because some people get so stuck in their talking points. They get so stuck in the way that things have been done that they aren't able to uh, expand on a conversation in a way that's relatable. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's where people like me come in and supporting people like me because you know we're from two different places two different generations two different you know race or culture however this is one thing that we all sitting here today can agree on right and it's how we have those conversations and making it relatable um and important for everybody again it makes us stronger it does, yeah. and you know, it but, takes the politics out yes. of it. Rhonda, yes. Rhonda why, why do you think, I mean, I, I know it's true, but why is it true that black women who are underrepresented? Like, uh, why which, are they Why are they? I mean, it's not, it, but it's really not just black women. It's, it's black people. Right, are, absolutely. Absolutely. Why is it that, why is it that way? So, um, I, I recently said this on, on another podcast is that when I was growing up, the only representation for gun ownership that I ever saw coming from the media, you had to be a gang member, a white supremacist, or a school shooter. Those were the only people that owned guns, or at least that's what my TV was telling me. That's what the media was telling me what, that was what the radio was telling me. Um, and so, you know, when you are steadily uh, hitting people with these narratives, people start to internalize these things, right? Being told that your neighborhood is so dangerous. I know you're a good person, but let me take the gun from you as well, right? And that's how we'll make you safer. And people start to believe a messaging, like believe these narratives, even though on the surface, when you really think about it, it doesn't make sense, right? If, if we even just look at the um, the prison system, you know, and the criminal justice system, and just noticing how it, that hasn't worked, there's still so much crime in these areas. So why not empower? good people why not stop people from being victimized and giving them a little say in that and so and so that's why it's just been bad marketing bad publicity bad narratives all around gun ownership that i think it's a lot to do with it i think they're conditioning people to stay down they're conditioning people to never rise above all this crap that's going on i mean i wish there of was any, a news i wish of any race of any right. Uh, right. You know, whether you're a woman a man anything right. it's like if you if you keep people in a fear state uh and and make the object something to fear the gun then uh i think that it's a lot easier to get these laws passed that they right. they want to i know. wish that we had news cameras in our store because i'll tell you it's it's every type of person that you could imagine, mm -hmm. uh, yes. women, men, uh, everything. And 
it's, you know, we're not in the best area of town. I mean, it's a, it's kind of a struggling area, but people have a right to defend themselves. And I think it's great. I love to see it. So yeah. we need, we need voices like yours out there. And I'm excited that you are part of the, the second amendment rally this year. And especially now that it's gone virtual and you are a YouTube uh, personality, I, I'm excited about what uh, you're going to bring to the table. Thank you so much. I'm looking yes. forward to it. Absolutely. So uh, just this past weekend, we're sitting in the studio on Monday, September 14th, 2020. You were part of the inaugural, very first ever Solutionary Summit that was hosted by Maj Therese Black Guns Matter Group. And I, I, I love that I'm, I'm having you on to talk about it before I even have him come on and talk about it. But tell us what that was about. So this Solutionary Summit was about bringing a lot of diverse thought together um, on one stage, on one place, to let people talk about actual solutions Mm. for the community, for gun ownership, for combating media narratives. Um, It was amazing. We uh, filled the room out. People came out. We had great speakers there. It was really a good time. And honestly, I don't know. It was so amazing for the first one. I don't know how they're gonna <laughs> I don't know how they're gonna top this next year. So I'm looking forward to it. But I got a chance um to speak uh directly to the audience, which was actually a very diverse audience people from all walks of life came to participate in this and um the panel that i took uh part on uh related directly we talked about how to engage the community and the youth on things like uh more liberty-based principles and uh gun ownership and things like that so was there debate? Was there pushback? Or, you know, oh, was it? Absolutely. Absolutely. It definitely got a little spicy at points. Okay. Um, but yes, it was good. It wasn't scripted. It wasn't like, okay, you talk for 30 seconds. Now you talk. Now you're go. No, it was like, we even had Q&A throughout. We didn't even save it for the end. We had Q&A throughout each panel. So even if the person in the audience had a little push back they could grab the mic and say hey mm, uh, I don't know about this or this is how I feel it was very interactive very entertaining it's interesting because a lot of events that I go to you know you have like shot shows and your CPACs and all these things and you have your breakout rooms and you have people that will kind of leave and they'll come back for maybe like their favorite speaker or a different portion of the show people stayed all day that's how engaging it was so it was amazing it was an amazing experience oh that i believe i really do (laughs) Uh, when i saw the list of names of people that that maj had assembled uh, it was such a rich, like you said, it's, it, there's diversity as far as, you know, that surface level diversity where people go, oh, I see several different shades of skin color. So mm-hmm, that's diverse. Mm-hmm. Now, that was a much deeper layer and yes, also something we're trying, yeah, trying to do with the, the 2A rally is this diversity of life experience and diversity yes. of thought and diversity of um, how people even have approached uh this whole world like you yourself 
I'm, I'm hearing you say, I think that you did not grow up with guns. No. You might've even grown up feeling like, Ooh, guns are not for me. Absolutely. What, what was the tipping point for you? What brought you into this new way of thinking about things? So this is such an interesting, uh, this is such an interesting story. So actually, uh, right before I came, became armed, I don't know if this was a couple months, maybe like a year or two, I was already doing my YouTube content. So I'm already doing my YouTube content. I'm learning more about history. I'm learning more about government. And I was like, uh, okay, gun ownership. I, I mean, I don't know. It seems cool. I may do that one day. And um, I was actually in this altercation where it was like a hit and run. And uh, I was going, I had to be going like 70 miles or more on the highway. A guy like rams the back of my car and this kind of of turns into like a a back and forth type thing um, because I, you know, he, he, hit my car he took off so I followed him for maybe about 30 seconds and I'm like okay maybe he's not gonna run maybe he's just looking for the good you know a good place to pull over so he pulls over gets out of his car I roll down my window he comes up to my car and is livid he's like cussing me he's I can distinctly, he was so close to my face. I can literally remember what the ring around his eyes looked like. Um, And so anyway, he ended up returning to his car. I ended up calling um, the police and the police officer, the police officer that showed up, it was a black woman. And I was telling her the story of how everything happened and what transpired over those few minutes. And she was like, you didn't have a gun? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, no. And she was like, if I were you, I would have a gun. And she was like, wow. if somebody's ramming me from my car, I would say I fear for my life. Like, you were in fear for your life, right? And so now, uh, after that, she was actually the one that inspired me to become a gun owner because Nobody had ever had the conversation like that from that perspective. That's relatable. That's how you talk to people. And then the representation of it, right? Like, it's a lady. She looks like me. She pulls up. It's, you know, this connection there. And I'm like, you saying this to me? You know, it's kind of that feeling. Um, And looking back on the situation with everything I've learned, because, you know, self-defense goes way past gun ownership right it can go to things like uh um self-awareness and uh, situational awareness and things like this um de-escalation it's a lot of things that can go before you get to a firearm however so looking back at that situation i wouldn't have said i would have never used a firearm in that situation Mm -hmm. so i do want to be clear about that looking back Mm -hmm. however I never, ever want to feel that vulnerable again. Mm-hmm. If that guy had did anything to me on the side of the road, it probably would have took even hours for my parents or family or just anybody to even know what, a, what had happened, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just never, ever wanted to be that vulnerable again. And so gun ownership, I feel like is something that has the potential to be empowering because I could have been victimized. Yeah, I could have. 
Absolutely. And I, I don't know how many times we've heard stories where people that they didn't have guns in their life, something happens to them and they uh, change their ways. Yes. And, you know, it's good that they did, but we wish we could get that message out before somebody becomes a victim. But the fact that you are alive today means that you didn't need a gun that day, but it taught you a lesson yes. that is so important. And one of the things that firearms owners need to be responsible and always find a way out without shooting if that yes, can be done absolutely. but if you can't you are you have that protection because you could have got back in your you could you were in your car you could have started back on the highway again and he could have knocked you off the road so right. you don't know where that situation was going to be so thank you for that story that's awesome Yes, it's super, it's super interesting. And this is why I think it's important to share my stories. I, I share other stories on my social media about, you know, not even always about people uh, using firearms, but even this story I, I, I saw recently, this video where this young girl, um, like, like a child came, walked home from school uh, by herself and she went into her apartment building and this guy followed her, right? And so just having that situational awareness and the more people see this, something starts to click eventually. So I don't think, you know, don't get me wrong. Like we said, yes, that situation absolutely did inspire me to, to go get my firearm. However, the difference between my story, we have to remember that before that, nobody was talking to me about self-defense. Nobody was talking to me about situational awareness. So I feel like if we're having these conversations ahead of time, people can be inspired well before they get into an altercation. Absolutely. Rhonda, we are pushed. The government tells us that they'll protect us, mm. that they'll be there for you, <laughs> right? They'll tell and, you. And this is where, so, so, and, and this kind of goes to your point again, right? Um, it's, it's our natural reaction to want to protect ourselves when we are actually faced with something. It's true, right? Because you can even look at COVID. Now you look at all the numbers of gun ownership going up. Um, particularly in a black community. The numbers have really spiked in gun ownership, right? Then we look at all the things going on in the streets right now with the riots and the protesting and people getting shot at protests and things like this. And so when you start putting these things in people's face, like their natural reaction, people want to live. People want to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and I, as he was asking you that question, some people are only listening online and they're not watching the video because we've posted okay. on YouTube mm -hmm. and GunStreamer uh, for the video portion, but some people listen just the audio. They can't see that your t-shirt that you're wearing yes. says anti-statist as Danny yes. saying, oh wait, I thought the government was supposed to save us. Yes. What, uh, what does anti-statist mean to you? So this shirt is a definition that I did for anti-status. And so it says it's a noun, it has a pronunciation, and it says an advocate of freedom, skeptic of government, and anti-bootlicker. And these <laughs> t-shirts are actually available in all of my bio links as well. So I uh, can't see that part. Anti-bootlicker. Yes. 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 Oh, anti-bootlicker? I thought yes. it was bootlegger, and I'm saying, what do you got against bootleggers? <laughs> <laughs> That's no. fantastic. Anti-bootlicker. It's this point that I always make, right? Like, like even to gun owners, I'd be like, you know, who the hell do you think is going to show up to take your gun at the front door? You think it's going to be Nancy Pelosi? 
Like, really, you know, we have to be honest about these conversations. The police officers are a direct extension of the mayors, the governors, the politicians, right? And so if we're going to have the they're just doing their job mentality, like keep that same energy, right? We can't pick and choose when they're just doing their job. If it's unconstitutional, it's unconstitutional regardless of who it's affecting. Remember, Hitler's guys did uh, just doing their job. Job, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. And so that's where, you know, anti-status comes in. Like, you know, I totally believe in non-aggression uh, principles. You know, um, that's something that I talk about often. I don't believe in, you know, being a bully or uh, being an aggressor. However, we want to protect ourselves and we want each and every single of our co- single one of our constitutional rights. Not just the first and the second and the thirteenth, right? Some people get stuck on those talking about those no i want all of them all of every one of them every single one no exceptions no infringement well and the more that we are picking up where our um educational system has dropped the ball to help people understand that the constitution and the bill of rights was written for everyone that it belongs to everyone what is in there how it has evolved all of these things then the the police officers who are given these orders to do unconstitutional things, to enforce unconstitutional laws and regulations, they're going to be citizens first. They're going to have a better chance of being citizens first, right? And being able to understand that. There's an organization called the uh, Constitutional Sheriff's Association. I, I think I'm saying it right, CSPOA. And they are about, you know, having sheriffs who are elected, right? which is a different thing, a different office. Absolutely. When you're elected, you understand that your bosses are the public that elected right. you. Um, follow constitutional principles. And you've seen all across the nation over the past few months, especially even over the last couple of years, you've had sheriffs who have stood up and said, we will not comply. Absolutely. Said, we're not going to enforce that law. And so that's, that inspires other officers of every stripe to go, oh, wait, we can, we can do that? Right. And let me tell you, they tricked us. Mm. They tricked us. They tricked me, right? I never learned the Constitution in school. And now that I'm older, um, I see why. Because now, if you're not learning the Constitution, when a police officer said, comes in and says, yeah, I'm taking your gun, right? Like, I'm taking your property without a warrant. You don't know that it's unconstitutional. You just think, oh, this police is telling me what to do or this local law. Local law should not, it should not trump those very basic human rights. It should not, never, right? And so if more people understood that, if more people understood the actual intentions of, you know, the national or federal law to be based on this foundation and everything else to just be, you know, an extension of that, you would have so many more people pushing back on the things Mm. that we see going on. So many more, but they don't even know they have that right because they haven't read it. They don't know. They don't know it's available to them. Oh, man. 
Amen. Rhonda, we have government. We have governors that don't even know what the Constitution. That governor in New Jersey. Nobody talks said, about it anymore. The governor of New Jersey says that uh, the Constitution was above his pay grade. I'm never going to live that day. I'm never going to stop with that one. The governor <laughs> says the Constitution was above his pay grade. Yeah, that he didn't consider it when he made these, you know, whatever executive orders. Is and that how is this acceptable? Yeah. How is that not mind blowing? How is that not absolutely infuriating? So I put out something um a couple of weeks ago for my Twitter followers, and it was a little bit of a trick. It was a little bit of a trick, and I don't think people even caught on. But I was like, name the three people in Congress that actually care about the Constitution. And when I say care, I mean about each and every single amendment, not just one or two, not just a little dash of this and a little dash of that. Name the three people. People started naming people, right? And I had like two people in mind, you know, give or take a possible or whatever. However, how are people not more outraged by the fact that there are hundreds of people in Congress? And we're picking three. And we're picking three. <laughs> three. three. Cheryl, that is infuriating. Yes. Right. Yeah, and, and we're struggling to find those three. And, and I would be interested to read your Twitter because it's like, well, maybe some of the names that people put out, they're confused. Like maybe they've named people that are clearly not upholding their constitutional well, oath of office. And I mean, those are teachable moments. I think that's really awesome that you pose that question out there because it, it maybe makes people debate and get it spicy. It, bring, it brings so much to light. Like what are we really doing here? If we, if those aren't the main principles that we're focusing on, like, like what are we talking about? Well, can I just say this? I mean, you look at, okay, they're, they're supposed to make our laws, right? Mm -hmm. And Nancy Pelosi makes those laws, but then she breaks the laws mm -hmm. and she set up. Yeah. She set up. You don't, a, a congressperson don't get set up. They broke the law. Mm -hmm. It don't matter how. I mean, if she'll do that for a haircut, what would she do for a million dollars cash? We what don't, we do? don't, we don't get that benefit. No, no, we, don't we don't get that benefit. I don't get to break the law and say, oh, I, I didn't know. I My bad. Actually, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're so right. Um, moving along, but yet kind of staying in a similar place. I wanted to ask you how you feel about this walkaway movement that we're hearing about, which we might even need to describe that for some of our, our listeners and viewers. And is it the same or different as the Blexit movement? Uh, what do you feel about those, those things? Uh, so this is an interesting question. So I don't know whether you guys know this or not, but when I did my walk away video is really about the time that, you know, I started getting a good bit of attention on my, my, my YouTube. Right. Um, and you know, I was originally attracted to the movement because it's like, all right, something's not right. Like something's going on here, you know, with the, the Democrat uh, party. We can see how uh, Bernie was cheated in, like, I think that was 2016. We can see how, you know, it's been a lot of funneling of money in and out. We can see how some of these policies have just went just too far too much like it's just normal 
you know, most people I believe on average are pretty moderate. I would believe I'm actually pretty moderate, but some of these things, it was just too far. So that's how I was originally attracted to the walkaway movement. So I made this video talking about the walkaway movement from my perspective. Um, I got a, quite a bit of attention for that. I think the video got maybe like 50,000 views or more, if I remember correctly. Um, and so very interesting time. Um, so, you know, initially I think the movement was good and my initial purpose was not to attach myself directly to a movement, right? Mm -hmm. I want to be clear about that because mm -hmm. when you talk about movement, you start talking about the leaders and what their mission statement and goal is. And so I wouldn't necessarily say my mission statement or goal is uh, completely equal to theirs. However, I think uh, Walkaway and Blake Sick have some similarities and they also have some differences. Um, I believe that they both have, you know, some value. Um, however, I'm not attached mm -hmm. to either. Mm -hmm. I believe people have freedom of speech. They can do their own thing. I mean, I don't really care what other people are doing. Um, however, it's, I'm just, when movements get to a certain point where you have a lot of money involved and a lot of influence and you start to move from grassroots to finding your audience and doing whatever you can to expand it, I think some things start to get lost in translation. I think there's a, a, a authenticity can, that can be a little lost. Mm -hmm. um, I think you have people egos that start to take over movements and stuff like that. So, I mean, I'm, I don't have a problem with it, but it's just not my thing. So with the idea, let me just finish this real quick, babe. Uh, the idea, I think, of both of these at least initially from what right. I could tell was sort of like, you know, and both of them are saying, you know, examine your, how you normally would vote. Right. Right. And, and they're both aimed at the democratic party. They just so happen to be. And the idea is examine it. It is this really beneficial for you when you're voting for these people or this platform or this political party, just as a, as a knee jerk reaction, you know, are you really doing what is best for you or what is constitutionally based or whatever the bent is? And so in that way, I, I appreciate the, the, at least the beginning part of the conversation mm -hmm. of both of those. Um, but I do agree with you sometimes, um, things just get at what was it the tea party you know back when mm -hmm. the tea party was was bubbling up initially i was like i like a lot of the ideas that that mm -hmm. being posed and then after a while it got stereotyped and pigeonholed and all of that and to Absolutely. the point that if you say something about you know the tea party suddenly somebody slaps a label in their mind across your forehead absolutely and it's too easy to discount or vilify and so so i do agree it's like you've got all things in moderation and use what's good leave the rest right and let me and let me say this real quick um it also depends on the goal the overall goal of of, of the person, the movement, the organization, or whatever that may be. My goal to my, to, to, from what I'm gathering from those organizations are not, are, their goals are not the same as mine. Okay. 
I focus on everyday solutions, life, lifelong um, principles, right? Mm-hmm. I'm very principle based and solution based. I'm not a freaking pimp rally. <laughs> so I am going to critique any politician, any president, and I don't care what president or politician is in that office. I am going to hold them accountable for those same principles I would like to see. So if you have somebody like Trump coming out and say, oh, yeah, I think people should be, you know, maybe we should look at moving the age up to 21 for gun ownership. Or you have somebody coming out like Trump, like, yeah, we should ban uh, ban, um, um, bump Bump stops. I am going to criticize you. This is not a pep rally for me. I am trying to get people, particularly in my community, to see that if we don't talk about these principles all of the time, Mm-hmm. They can be taken regardless of who's in office. I was super duper young, but even looking at all of the privacy issues that we ran into under a George Bush mm-hmm. presidency, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a problem. Gonna, it's a problem. I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to cheerlead so much where I'm blind to what this administration is doing and everything gets a pass. So no. So that's why I say like, cool i'm not tripping i'm not a hater like people can do their thing but i have a different goal and a different mission and it's to open people's eyes and mind regardless of who's going on what's going on and who has the reins at that time amen it's almost like we just need to have a new party called the constitution party Man, if it if it doesn't <laughs> if it doesn't have something if it's not in the constitution it doesn't exist you know why are we not there because i mean i listen i I talk to a lot of Democrats that are gun owners in California. Right, absolutely. They have these little liberal gun organization. Liberal gun club. Mm-hmm. And, and you see that and they, they go, well, we like the Democrats. There's a couple of things in the Democratic Party that I like. A couple of things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not very much, but there's a couple. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, I don't care what party you are. If you take my Second Amendment rights away or the Constitution right, then I'm not in your party. Absolutely. I am not in your party. And I, we only have Trump and we only have what's the other guy's name? Biden. Biden right now. That's it. So we have to pick one of those two. But right. Trump is not a constitutionalist. He's better. He's not. He's better. He's Thank better. You. But now Biden, Biden is nothing. And his right. vice president is a socialist. Uh, right. so, so we don't we have to work with what we have, but now we have to educate the people, educate our kids that yes. we have a constitution, we have these rights, and when you go vote, if you don't vote for a constitutionalist, you're going to lose them, mm. right? You're going to lose your right. That's where it starts. Well, you're right. The schools weren't teaching that. You weren't taught the constitution. I was only bought just enough, just enough to get by, and that's the problem. And it's so, a big problem. Right. So if I'm a Democrat, if I were a Democrat, and you said – oh, we're going to take some guns away from you, I would say, hell no, you're not. That's it. I'm not voting for you now. And right. I think we're seeing that, you know, m- most Hispanics, most Blacks are Democrats, were. Well, traditionally speaking, were. for whatever reason. Right, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And, and we're we seeing, seeing a change. You know what? Most cops were Democrats. And firefighters. And firefighters. And, and any teachers. union type thing. We're seeing them exit from that. We're, right. We're, because they say, well, you know what? I like what they're doing, but I love guns. That's true. So, That's true. But anyway, as, as I think we were all saying, is that it really does come down to individual rights, individual 
thought processes and being able, not being so caught up in the personalities of, of whoever the front runner is that we are afraid to be able to say, George Bush, that was wrong. Right. Right. President Trump, that was wrong. It doesn't mean that we have to completely trash them necessarily, Mm -hmm. but we, we need to call the balls and strikes as they happen. Do you agree? I agree. I a hundred percent agree on that. And so that's why I said my mission is principles because regardless of who in that, who's in that office, I am always going to push for them to do the most constitutional thing that expands our freedom. Like that's like, that's what I care about. Absolutely. And just as we start wrapping up, I saw you take a little sip from your coffee mug that I want to get one. Hey y'all. Yes. So this is that. Yes, so this is my Hey Y'all coffee mugs that I have available on my Teespring, but I have my Hey Y'all Tuesday shows, which is a live show that I do every uh, Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central. I think that's 8 Eastern, if I'm not mistaken. Um, And we talk about, so we usually talk about like the most trending topics, but I always take them from a different perspective, right? And when I say trending topics, I want to talk about something and give people something to think about from a way that they may have not considered. I don't want to talk about Trump misspelled a word in his tweet. I don't want to talk about what somebody wore to the Oscars. So that's not what I mean when I say trending topics, right? I mean, social and political topics that may be impacting us in in whatever type of way, but from my own perspective. And so when people come into the room, you know, I greet all of the first people in the room individually by name. Um, People love it. They get their snacks and their, their coffee mugs ready. And we talk for about an hour to an hour and a half and eventually my goal is I'm going to be turning it into a call-in show so for a portion of their show people will literally be able to call in you know and speak to me directly and we can talk about their thoughts and their perspective and their opinion I love it and uh I just love the hey (laughs) y'all fantastic it sounds like hey y'all we all need to get to what uh, to washington and start talking to some some politicians mm. yes we do and how important just to, before we we wrap up how important is that piece of it uh miss Rhonda? that you know we can sit here and talk to each other all day and we can talk to our expanded audiences all day but if none of us are reaching out and actually talking to our elected officials i mean how important is that piece of it so 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 it's it's a it's a little bit that goes into it so one thing that's very important to me and that i always talk to my supporters about are are living the actual principles living them even before you even get to the politicians right because first of all when people see your lifestyle you're going to inspire them by your deeds right and so if i have a family if I'm a gun owner, if I am, you know, working hard to, to get this money and people start to see the fruits of my, of my labor and what I'm able to do and help other people in my community, whether that may be offering them a job or just inspiring them in any kind of way. Once you start to live by those principles and you inspire other people, you change the way they think. I personally believe, right? If we all take the initiative to be what we want to see, 
then the voting will work itself out. Mm, So I I think it starts there. You can have a very uh, tight knit, close community with uh, very strong um, principles and morals and that community not be impeded as much by bad policy. Like, like, does that make sense? What I'm trying to say? It absolutely does. I mean, if you're living it out and then you really understand when you're looking at your candidates or you're looking at the, yes. the ballot issues, yes. when it's time to vote, it, it unclouds all yes. of it because you absolutely. understand you understand your why. And, yes. you know, does this feel good to vote this way or is it going to do good to vote this way? Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, tell folks how they can tune in on Hey Y'all Tuesday and how they can follow <laughs> all of the work that you do. Thank you. So I am Rhonda Mary on YouTube, on Instagram, and on Twitter, R-H-O-N-D-A, Mary, M-A-R-Y. So I can be found there. If you guys would like a Hey Y'all mug or an anti-status t-shirt, those are available in the links on like all of my bios. Fantastic. I'm so excited also that you'll be speaking at the uh, the virtual 2A rally the dc rally so i want everybody to be paying attention to our um our facebook event page i think is the best way uh to to kind of follow all the updates and that sort of thing but also clearly you're going to be talking about it the closer it gets so that your fans can tune in right absolutely yes awesome thank you so much miss Rhonda mary for all that you do would definitely have you back on in the future and talk some more all right, thank you. Bye, y'all. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, bye. She I has, love her. She has energy. She does. Why I... can't we do that? Why can't we just all just, if you're not for the Constitution, you're out. I mean, that's, that's the thing that, that gets me. So every single elected official, I'm pretty sure, at every single level of of government, if you... City Hall, no matter what, yeah. mayor. If you were elected, you take an oath to protect and preserve and defend your your state constitution and your federal constitution. There's With not, no exceptions. Right. There's not one that says, oh, this is the liberal Democrat constitution, so right. you can take an oath on this one. And here's the Republican conservative constitution. So you can take an oath on this one. It's the same document. How are we so divided when all of our elected officials are taking an oath on the same basic principles? It, It makes me a little bit nuts. Because I'll tell you why, everyone. This constitution takes every single American person in the United States, and you know what it does? Hmm. What does this constitution do to every person on this earth? I mean, on the United States. Hmm. It makes us equal. So if you don't want to be equal, if you want to be above that, Uh, what do you do? Well, some are more equal than others. Is that the phrase? You you call it the benefit clause. Mm -hmm. Well, this benefit, this doesn't, no, no, that doesn't benefit me. No. So if this, this was to make everyone equal, right mm-hmm. everyone black brown whatever mm-hmm. if you're a politician you think you're above this mm-hmm. 
That's the problem. Well, and you know what the other problem is? Let me hold this thing sideways. For those of you that are watching us, and if you're only listening and not watching, I'm showing you how thin, how thin this document is. And how many of us have spent the hour, hour of our life, the time it takes to watch your favorite news show, and I'm going to use air quotes, news show. You could read the entire founding document, including the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. But it doesn't do any and good. And then you can start to understand it for yourself instead of allowing others to constantly spoon feed you right. partially chewed and pre-digested information that you just baby bird down without thinking it through for yourself and weighing it out and going, wait a minute, does that even sound right or wait true? Let me go here. back and double check what it says here. Well, there's that second amendment. It's all of 27 words. Do I have time to read 27 whole words? Oh my goodness. Well, right? have somebody read it to you. But here's the thing. <laughs> it doesn't do any good to read the constitution. No, it's worthless. It's no good for anybody unless we all do it. Hmm. We, unless we all do it. It's just like Rhonda was saying. They don't teach it in school. Why? Because they're afraid of it. Mm. They're afraid of our constitution because what that does, making us all equal, including politicians and making them servants to us, which they are, they serve public servants. They, they're public that's servants. What they're that's what be. they elect. That's what they went to do. And here's the, here's the thing about that. To be a public servant is a, an incredible honor. Yes. Right. But we have gotten to where we hear that word servant and instead of it being, you know, um, a, a trusted um, position of, of honor, we almost hear it like subservient. Yeah, almost like a slavery you know, type thing. Yeah, where, like we're going right. to put our, put our uh, you know, boot on the neck of, of the person. That's not what it's about. No. It's about, you know, when we hire somebody at our shop, we need them to live out our principles. We need to live, have them live out our mission statements and to be an extension of who we are. We can't, you know, do everything. So we hire people that are smarter and, and more um, skilled in this area or that area, but they, they don't get to just run off and do their version of our business. If they wanted to do that, they would go have their own business. So we have to interact with them. We have to tell them, you know, and teach them who we are and help them to live those things out. And what we do with our elected officials is we hire them with our vote and then we never interact with them again. Right. Off they go doing their own thing. And then we never check back in and go every four months, wait, every, wait, four wait years we do. every four years we do. And that's not enough no. because they're not, I mean, just like Rhonda said, how many are following the constitution hundred percent, maybe three. Wow. Out of what, 200 and whatever? Well, thousands really, but it's in the federal government. Right. Anyway, that's the problem, guys. And so if you don't even know what the Constitution is, then what could you even imagine what to do about it? So anyway, it's time to thank our guests. Our guests? Yes, we couldn't have the show without them. No, absolutely. I was, I was prompting you to say Rhonda, Rhonda Mary. Mary was our guest I know who Rhonda today. Mary is. She's our and guest our today. listeners are amazing Do you listeners. know the listeners? Can you see? That's why. I, I see Johnny and I see Mary and I, <laughs> what was that from? Uh, Romper, Romper Room. Room. Romper so, Room. That's dating you, Cheryl. Uh, mm. 
<laughs> Actually, the and you probably wrinkles on my face Captain are dating me. Kangaroo, so. don't tell me. I did watch. I have nothing to do. <laughs> that's not the right theme song. Um, no, now, Howdy Doody was a little before me, but I did watch Captain Kangaroo. I watched Howdy. Whenever and I didn't, I didn't. I saw recordings of it. Anyway, yes, Ron and, May, Ron and Mary, thank you very much. You just gave me some energy. Thank you. Absolutely. And um, until next time, pray for our nation. Yes. Pray for our people that we have hired with our votes. Do you like that one better? I, I have to think about this one a while because I do want to thank, I do want to pray for everyone out there i do want to pray that they you know get the wisdom but i'm praying that the people that aren't working for us and the constitution will i pray that they get smart and quit <laughs> just quit just quit or they could get smart and actually start doing the, um, work the way that they're supposed to you know to. that's so hard because there's it's it's not most politicians now i'm not saying all of them but are what's in it for me well, because we let them get away with it right. and we treat them like celebrities instead of like people that we've hired to do work for us. And I make it clear. I know some politicians that are doing it for you. Yeah. They're local politicians mostly. And there's a couple federal that we've met that I would stand behind 100% and say, that's a constitutionalist. That is a person we want behind us. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, a majority of them have issues about the constitution. And if we don't have a constitution, we don't have anything. Why don't we have a rebirth of um, interest in and excitement about and curiosity to learn our founding documents and why, why our founders decided and battled out between themselves even, debated out to write the words that they did that right there would be an amazing thing by the time our granddaughter who's in first grade right now six years old by the time she is at her high school graduation if all of or the majority or even a few i think honestly of the people um coming up in that generation were taught our founding documents, what a completely different landscape we could be looking at in just a tiny amount of time. It, if we can lose our rights in one generation, then we can get, we them, back. Can get them back in one generation. All right, we got to get out I of here. I just want to say when I was in sixth grade, uh, eighth grade, before I could graduate, I had to know the Gettysburg Address word for word and I'd be able to recite it. Four scores and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty, dedicated to proposition that all men were created equal. Now we're engaged in this great battlefield, and it goes on. But anyway, so <laughs> you it, know the right, thing we we that yeah, was really thing. actually quite well done. So so I don't know it word for word, but I know it enough to know. And so, but when we went to high school, I cannot remember one of the four years that I was in high school that we talked about the Constitution. We got to change that people yep. be part of that join us in that i love that okay thank you so guys. we've we've thanked our guest Rhonda mary we've thanked our listeners we prayed for everyone we prayed for our nation we prayed for our elected officials all but of we them haven't been less yes all of them even the ones you don't like right but we haven't binge listened to our heart's content to all of our um shows on gunfreedomradio.com click the on demand tab and binge listen all right to heart's content all of them dan all of them even the ones you don't like? Yeah. 
especially the ones you don't like. All right. Have a great week. Be good to each other and God bless. Bye-bye.